Kathy Hilton is breaking her silence on Kyle Richards' messy separation from Mauricio. Melissa Gorga is calling out Jackie. We have a new J-Lo album, a new DUI, and just lots to discuss. So let's dive in, shall we? You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, surf fresh all week long. Now, let's dive in. Welcome on in, welcome on in, welcome on in. Ooh, I'm looking extra dewy today. Just got to blotch my face a little bit. How's everybody doing? Happy, what's day? Tuesday? Happy Tuesday, Tipsy Tuesday. It's not Tipsy Tuesday because it's 8.30 in the morning. I got my coffee. I got my high-calf coffee from Lion's Mane. That's not a promotion. I'm not paid to say that. I just found it at Whole Foods, and I was like, ooh, a high-calf coffee with some Lion's Mane in it. Give me that. Give me all oh, that caffeine. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I did capture the flag at Orange Theory today, and oof, my team killed it. We were number one. Um, we were number one in class today. We had to team up with other people in class, and we had to do a capture the flag. Um, I don't know. It's a long story, but we won, and that's all that matters is I always win. That's what everybody always remembers, that I always win. Um, but I also wanted to mention that Paul and Patrick, who you guys may know of, um, maybe you know them from their association with Anna Nicole Smith, or you know them as the two guys that saw, that made Sheena Shea's wedding dress, that saw Tom and Raquel kissing and at Sheena's Mexico wedding. They've been at my live shows. They were at my live show in June. They were just at my live show in November. Um, so yeah, I'm on their podcast. They've been on this podcast before, but I went to Paul's studio not his studio his store he has a storefront in beverly hills so i went in there and we filmed undressed with paul and patrick the audio came out a while back but the video just streamed this week on monday so you can now watch the full episode undressed with paul p-o-l and patrick p-a-t-r-i-k Paul and Patrick go and catch their podcast. It's called Undressed. I was on it. We do some hot takes. Uh, we judge some judge some fashion moments, and then at the end, Paul does do a coffee reading. And anybody that knows Paul, oh, you guys may also know them from Jeff Lewis Live. They they do the after show, but. If you guys are familiar with Paul, you know that he does coffee reading. So you he gives you an espresso shot and you drink it and then he reads the coffee grounds afterwards. And it was a very interesting reading. Uh, I listened back. I watched it back for the first time, first time since taping it. And we taped it quite a while ago. But whew, it was, um, it's been a minute. In a minute, I'm going to need a sentimental man or woman to pump me up. But so, yeah, it's an interesting reading. I'm kind of ruminating on what that reading revealed then because we taped that, a while, we filmed it a while back and, um, you know, just where my life has unfolded since then. So, yeah, interesting. It's also interesting because there's something in that, sorry, I'm getting a little personal now, but there's something in that reading that gets revealed. I'm not going to share it with you guys, but that I also heard from Fem Tarot a few months ago. And then I also had someone, a woman DM me randomly um, and gave me a reading. She's like, oh my God, I love your show. Um, I listen to the podcast all the time. And so she gave me an interesting reading. And it's just funny that three different people that have no thread or connection to each other have given me a reading and revealed kind of the same thing. Um, 
just a lot to ruminate on on this Tuesday morning. But let's get into all the tea. First up, we have Kathy Hilton, who is promoting Paris in Love. Season two is now out. Paris in Love is Paris Hilton's reality show based off of her love life. Season one focused on her wedding to Carter Ream. Um And so now we have season two, which is going to be focusing on the drop of her book and the first her first child, Phoenix. We know she's now had a second baby, London, baby girl. So a lot of clips have gone around about Kathy Hilton seeing Phoenix for the first time and she's like crying and then she like grabs the baby. Like, you know, she's a cat because she grabs him by the, like the back of the, the throat or not the back of the throat, the back of the neck. Um, or at least that's what it looks like in the video. Obviously, Kathy Hilton knows how to hold a baby, but it's a really sweet and endearing moment to see her and Paris have this moment of connection because that's the first time Kathy even knew that Paris was giving her a grandchild. Paris didn't tell anybody until baby Phoenix was born. And then she's like, surprise, you're a grandmother. And Kathy's like, what? I'm a grandma? This is my grandson? What? What? What is happening? So... That's the journey that we will see unfold on season two of Paris and Love. But while promoting it, Kathy Hilton opened up to Hoda and Jenna about her little sister, Kyle. It's weird saying Hoda and Jenna. I'm used to Kathy Lee and Hoda. I just feel like Hoda and Jenna just like it doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. And I like when things just roll right off the tongue. But so we have Kathy Lee and Jenna talking to, talking about Kyle and Kathy Hilton says that it broke her heart to hear about the separation, Kyle's separation from Mauricio. But that Kyle is the strongest of the three sisters. You know, Kim is ruthless and toothless. Kim's feisty. But she says that Kyle's the strong one. But she also says that Kyle's the bossiest one. Which, I don't know. Do we think Kyle is the bossy? I feel like Kim and Kathy are pretty bossy. I think I would categorize Kathy as the bossiest. I think I would categorize Kyle as the biggest people pleaser. But she calls she calls Kyle bossy. and But she also says that Kyle is very resilient. And then she diverted the conversation back to, like, Paris and her grandkids. I feel like Kathy's always been very well media trained and always speaks highly of her sisters in the press. So this answer doesn't really surprise me that she's like, well, I love my sister and I support her and whatever makes her happy. But from my understanding, Kathy and Kyle are actually in a good place right now. I know we saw Kathy recently attend a Morgan Wade concert with Kyle. So Morgan Wade, I'm going to make you fall in love with me. She's definitely, the family seems to be falling in love with her. I wish they would have, Hoda would have asked about Morgan Wade and be like, what are your thoughts on Morgan Wade? And do you think that Kyle is, um, do you think that Kyle is scissoring Morgan Wade? And then I would have loved for Kathy Hilton to be like, hi, gay. I support the LGBTQ community. I'm an ally. Because, you know, last season they were saying that Kathy dropped the homophobic slur, the F-A-G word in Aspen. That was kind of one of the rumors that came out during her meltdown as she called the DJ an F-A-G um, while they were out up in the club just working on my fitness. And so now I would love for Kathy to be like, and here's my gay flag. I love my sister. You go, Morgan Wade. We're progressive in this family. Snap, snap, pat the puss. Well, Speaking of groundbreaking music, J-Lo, the Jennifer Lopez, has announced that she has some new music that's coming out. And not only a new music, but she also has a new film. And it's not a sex tape. So two decades after her last album dropped, 
Jennifer Lopez announces her new album, which is called This Is Me Now. Her last album, I believe, was called This Is Me Then. And so she's like, that was me then, and this is me now, bitches. And so the new album drops on February 16th. Wow, two days after my new upcoming show at the Bourbon Room on February 14th. I will be back at the Bourbon Room February 14th. So mark your calendars now. You'll get to spend Valentine's Day with me. You'll get to have a fun date night out with me at the bourbon room. But um, so This Is Me Now drops February 16th. It's a new album. And there's also a new film that'll be going with it that's going to be coming to Amazon Prime Video, which was co-written by her beau, Ben Affleck. Affleck. Um, I mean, they're so opposite. Every time I see paparazzi pictures of the two, or not even of the two of them, but just of them individually, J-Lo's like always working out. She's always in workout gear, showing off her guns. And then Ben Affleck is always like chain smoking or like getting a Dunkin' Donuts and just looking like he's over it. Like he just is like over life. He's always irritated. He's always on his period is what it looks like. And so they, I don't know how they're a match. I mean, obviously we knew that they were in love back in the day, but like, I don't know. Her her men have always been, well, we had Mark Anthony and then we had Casper. Remember Casper the dancer? Um, And then he, he ended up like twirling with, didn't he end up like getting caught with like a trans woman? Um, I don't know. I remember there was some like sort of scandal with him where he cheated on her. And then who was after that? Then there was, oh, A-Rod. That's all over the place where you go from Mark Anthony who's like, you know, just so like romantic and suave. And then you have little boy Cam- uh, Casper and then you move on to A-Rod and you're just like, ooh, God, when we swallowed me, dripped down the side of me. And then we end up back with Ben Affleck. Like, are we shipping this? Do we like Ben Affleck that much to where we're like, yeah, J-Lo and Ben Affleck, let's get it. I don't know. I mean, it's really, she's taking us back, right? We're really getting a blast from the past from Jennifer Lopez. Her first single is set to drop January 10th. So we have the first single that drops the 10th next month, or well, I guess it's technically still November, but in the new year, January 10th, we have her new single, and then the album drops February 16th, which is in conjunction with the new film. So, I mean, good for her. Um, moving on, we have Tiffany Haddish, who is making news this week because she got another DUI last Friday. We know Tiffany Haddish. She's a comedian. She's been in a few different movies. Um, I'm trying to think. She was, like, in Girls Trip, and uh, the one with Jada Pinkett, you know, everybody loves Jada Pinkett. What else has she done recently? She's done a lot of, like, comedies. She's funny. Um, she's a comedian. But she was arrested for a second DUI after allegedly, I'm going to use that word, allegedly falling asleep at the wheel. Someone got a little too litty city after Thanksgiving. This happened on Friday night. Last Friday night. She has since poached, like, jokes and, like, made light of it. She performed at the Laugh Factory on Thursday, which was on Thanksgiving because they do, like, a special Thanksgiving show. So she did that. And then this was the night following. So this was Black Friday. Um, And she, I guess, received her first DUI in January 2022. So, I mean, this is pretty recent. It's less than two years. And she's already back at it. You know, she's already Shannon Bedore zipping through. Actually, Shannon Bedore was like Tokyo Drift. She's like, they see me rolling. They hating. And Tiffany Haddish was like falling asleep at the wheel. Also dangerous. Guys, don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. It's not that hard. You can get an app and you can hit call an Uber. If you're blocked on Uber because you threw up in the backseat, that's cool. Actually, it's not cool, but it's okay because you can still call a Lyft. So you have Uber and then you have Lyft. I think they have like other like 
ride share services as well that like nobody really uses, but like I'm sure you can find one. Um, or you can call a taxi or you can just get a driver for the night. That works too. You know, there are driver chauffeur services that you can hire for the night. Um, cause if you want to get a little litty sitting in vibe, fine, but just don't put yourself or anybody else in danger. I don't know if Tiffany has a drinking problem per se, but she definitely has a problem learning her lesson. So Tiffany, we got to get it together, girl, because this is not, we do not do this. We not do this. But what we do do is give good gifts for the holidays. So if you want to hear, where'd you get that this holiday season? Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or you're shopping for your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. I was on Uncommon Goods the other day. Ha! The options are endless, super customizable. You can really find something that'll be meaningful. I don't like like cheap gifts, right? I like meaningful gifts, gifts that are not, you know, generic, but that can actually have some sort of personal tie to them, which is what I think is great about Uncommon Goods. And Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful and out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. So if you want to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash no filter. That's uncommongoods.com slash no filter for 15% off. Don't miss out on this very limited time offer, Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. And on the note of things that we should be investing in this time of year, um, you should be investing in you which is why I'm proud to say that this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? I remember when things get stressed, especially this time of year, right? Whether it's finances or family drama, like whatever it is when things get overwhelming, I always kind of just need to like get out of my brain and just, I mean, really talk through it. And it seems like the best way to get to tout those racing thoughts is by talking through them. And therapy gives you a place to do just that so you can get out of your negative thought cycle and find some mental and emotional peace. That's all we want this this season, right? We just want peace. All I want for Christmas is peace. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed professional and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoFilter to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NoFilter. Okay. Back to the tea. So I know yesterday, Monday's episode, I talked about all of this Matt Rife controversy, which It's basically about a DV joke that he made at the top of his new Netflix special that just came out about, you know, going out to eat and the waitress had a black eye and, you know, his friend was like, oh, my God, you know, she shouldn't be, you know, if she's the face of the restaurant, then, you know, they should probably keep her in the kitchen. And then Matt makes a joke about like, well, if she was good in the kitchen, maybe she wouldn't have that black eye. And that's part of his stand up comedy special. I gave my thoughts about the controversy and all the the heat that people are are giving him for it. If you don't find the joke that funny, fine, that's okay. If you do find it funny, okay, that's your comedy. Um, that's your style of comedy. 
I didn't think the joke was particularly original, but I mean, it's a, a standard, you know, out of the park, you know, starter joke, right? You start kind of basic and then eventually you go a little raunchier or wilder or go for more of that shock value. Anyway, my point being, I finally watched the Netflix special last night. Okay. I thought that it was funny. I thought that it had its moments. I wasn't like laughing my ass off, but I think it had its moments. I didn't think that the DV joke was nearly as bad as like some of the other jokes that he makes in the comedy special. So I didn't fully understand why everybody was so pissed off, but I think the special was fine. I feel like I've seen funnier uh, stand-up specials. What I think Matt Reif is really good at is his audience work, his crowd work, right? He's really witty and can just riff off the cusp. So if you watch a lot of his jokes on TikTok, because he has a lot of video clips on TikTok, if you watch those, then you can see that when he engages with the audience, there's just a talent that he has for interacting with people that is so good. Um, And so I think that's where he's really strong. Rather than setting up and delivering a joke, he's great at riffing. And so he doesn't do any of that in the special. And I think it was mainly because he wanted to show people. And I think he says this at the end of the special as well. He wanted to show people that he's not just, you know, crowd work, that he can actually write and deliver some really funny jokes. I personally think he's better at his crowd work. The jokes were fine. They were funny. I've seen, you know, funnier specials. I feel like a lot of the Netflix comedy specials lately, though, haven't been as funny. I like that they're leaning more into this black and blue sort of humor, that they're they're leaning more into the darker humor and more of the shock value, and they're kind of standing by some of their comedians. I think I like this choice from Netflix because I saw some of their other comedy specials, and some of the content on Netflix was getting, like, super woke, and I was like, okay, this is like... Like, there was one Christmas movie. What was... It was so bad. They, like, even, like, entirely rewrote um, the words. Hold on. Let me see if I can look this up. Christmas movies on Netflix. It was so bad. I remember watching and being like, oh, this might be kind of cute. And then it was just atrocious. Okay. Love the Holiday with Emma Emma Roberts. That was a good one. Um What was another really good? Oh, Falling for Christmas. Super cheesy. That's the Lindsay Lohan one that came out last year. Super cheesy, but cute. Where's the one with Jennifer Coolidge? Because that one was, um, that one I thought was really good. Uh, Popular Christmas. Okay, so there's uh, Christmas with You. I thought that was lame. Falling for Christmas. That's the Lindsay Lohan one. That one was good. The Noel Diary. That's the one with the guy from This Is Us. The one that was dating the girl from Selling Sunset, Chriselle. And then didn't he cheat on her? That one was boring. Um, Single all the way. That one is great. It is a gay rom-com. And I'm not just biased because I happen to suck dick, you know, a few times. Um, (laughs) I have said a few times a week. Um, Listen, I'm living my life lately. Um, Single all the way is actually a really good one with Jennifer Coolidge in it. And that one's funny. I recommend that one. The Holiday, even though it is cheesy, I like that one. Those are... The Holiday and Single All the Way and Falling for Christmas is super cheesy, but it's Lindsay Lohan and we love Lindsay Lohan. Oh, so that one, the one that I was talking about, I don't even think made the list and rightfully so because it was terrible. It was just so, it was like, oh, Love Hard. That's what it was called. It was called Love Hard and it was about this girl. After meeting her perfect match on a dating app, an LA writer learns that she's been catfished when she flies 3,000 miles to surprise him for Christmas. 
She literally like matches with this guy on a dating app and then decides she's going to surprise him how she got his address. I don't even remember. But then she decides to surprise him by showing up to, you know, his family's house on Christmas. And then she's like, hi, I'm looking for so-and-so. And then the parents are like, what? You're looking for so-and-so? And then so-and-so comes out and you find out that it's like this really dorky, geeky dude. And she's like, oh, you're not who I was talking to. And he was like, oh, no, you were really talking to my friend. And his friend being um, his friend being. Um, sorry, just got a distracting text message. Um, his friend being like this really hot, hunky douchebag guy. And so he's posing as his douchey friend only to, you know, show that he's not the douchey friend and then long story short she ends up like falling in love I'm gonna make you fall in love with me she makes him fall in he ends up falling getting her to fall in love with him by the end of it because he's like well actually I do know him and he is my friend so I will help you you know find ways to date him and I'll help you guys set up and then she falls in love with him I'm just like I don't think that this is uh, like no I don't think she's interested they have no chemistry it's so awkward it was just super you know they changed the words to like um baby it's cold outside but like they change them so bad and like such a cringe way like here's the thing some things if you want to say like okay that's problematic then just leave it problematic and in the past you don't need to reinvent the wheel and be like you know baby it's cold outside well let me call you an uber it's just like dumb it was so dumb I think my mother might worry. Well, hey, let's give her a call. Like, it's just, it was so stupid to me. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. It was dumb. Again, if it's problematic, you want to leave it in the past, leave it in the past. But like, you know, we don't need to try and reinvent it in a more appropriate way. We just can be like, yeah, we're just going to leave that in the past. Um, I think like even uh, Kelly Clarkson tried to like redo one with John Lennon and I'm legend. And I'm just like, guys, stop. Like, just swipe left. Um... Speaking of problematic, let's talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey. So Melissa Gorga is calling out Jackie Goldschneider, and she is basically saying that she's a flip-flopper and she's doing it for some airtime. So on her podcast, On Display, named after her hit single, On Display, On Display, each and every day, every day, every day. Um... Melissa says that she doesn't love that there are cast members on her cast that are flip-floppers and want to get more airtime, which was just before photos started going around over the weekend of Jackie and Teresa being at Jennifer Aiden's holiday party. So it's pretty clear that Jackie has shifted alliances, right? She used to be really close to Melissa and Margaret, and now we know that she's on the outs with Margaret. And she's super close with Teresa. Melissa says that it's the frustrating part of Housewives to see people do things for camera time. But it's also what makes the shows go round and round. Like it's kind of just the game that you play. Like alliances shift and people jump from one team to the next to try and stay relevant. I've heard about these fights and what led to Jackie jumping ship. And I have to say I kind of agree with Melissa. I think it was apparent to me from the jump, from when I first started to see Jackie and hearing about her hanging out with Teresa more. My initial thought was, oh, she has a book coming out. She wants to sell her book. She knows that she needs more camera time. Um, so that was my initial thought is she wanted more camera time. She was ready to get back into the show in a more full-time capacity and she wanted to push her book sales. Then I heard more about it. And the fights are honestly really dumb, you guys. Like, I don't know if anybody wants me to spoil anything. I will, I'll just say they're really 
so stupid and so petty and just like, really, this is what we're going to fight about? Like, swipe left. Like, if this is what Jersey's going to bring next season, I don't know if I'm interested. But also, to be fair, I was concerned about um, Beverly Hills as well. And I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with Beverly Hills. I thought that it was great. And I also want to say, in reference to Beverly Hills, but I agree with Melissa in terms of Jersey, but in reference to Beverly Hills, um, there was a tweet that somebody put out. Let me credit them. Uh, Brandon Glanville, which is Mitchell16 on Twitter, he tweeted, and this is a good message for everybody watching Beverly Hills this season. If you're not mad about Garcelle and Sutton speculating about Dorit's robbery and Kyle's marriage, then don't be mad about Dorit and Kyle speculating about Sutton's drinking problem and vice versa. Let's not be hypocrites here. They're all just doing their job. I agree. Everybody's being, uh, you know, panties in a bunch about like, oh, it's so rude to insinuate that she has a drinking problem. When First of all, that's the oldest trope in the Housewives book, right? Everybody, like people speculate, hello, nobody was was having an issue with it when last season Garcelle was speculating about Erica's drinking problem that I don't think was ever really a drinking problem. It was just, you know, she was having her moments where she was drinking a little too much. And now all of a sudden, now that it's Sutton that they're concerned about, everyone's like, what? Don't you say that about Sutton? But yeah, Gar- Sutton, ask about Kyle's marriage. Ask about the cheating. That's your job to ask about it on camera. And yeah, Garcelle, I do think it does cross the line when they speculate about Dorit's robbery. I just think that that was a more, that's a more sensitive topic. Like marriage speculation, fine. There's always going to be speculation. Drinking speculation, we've seen it done a million times. Marriage and drinking, we've seen them played out. Speculating on the robbery, I think, is a little much for me. Only because I'm like, it, like her kids were involved and you're basically accusing them of insurance fraud. Like, it's a really big, bold accusation. But we've also seen they didn't have any problem coming after Erica when, you know, Erica was going through her legal issues and poking questions in what she knew and what she didn't know, know and how, you know, compliant she was and how compl- sorry how complicit she was in the Girardi keys dealings and you know just not really showing any compassion that's kind of a, a pattern that we've seen with this duo before and listen I think you know Sutton and Garcelle I am enjoy I've had moments where I've started to enjoy Garcelle more this season but then there are just like these really weird hypocritical things that I've seen with her, like with Dorit, right? Where she's like, I want to move forward with you and let's move forward and let's move forward. But then she always throws these shady digs in her confessionals at Dorit. And then she, you know, it's just, you know, I, to me, I don't, she has endearing moments, like the moments that she has with her kids or like when Jax goes up to, you know, apologize to Erica or tell her that things, not apologize, but tell her that things are all good. And then Garcelle's like, well, Erica should have done that. Erica should have been the one to do that when it's like, okay, roll back the tape because last season Erica tried to apologize to Jax directly and Garcelle said no. And then in last, in the episode before that, Garcelle was just telling everybody how she doesn't feel safe trusting her children around these women. So when you say, I don't feel safe with my children around you, what at that point makes you be like, yeah, let me go and approach your child when you literally just told me you don't trust me around your child and you don't trust us and you don't feel confident confiding in us. It's just like, it's so mixed signals. And then I feel like you just, you can't question Garcelle or else you, you're, you know, you get pulled into question for why you're questioning Garcelle. I just can't. Um, And then we have, you know, it's just dumb. Um, listen, Sutton does make it entertaining because she always puts her foot in her mouth. Um, but 
I agree with like we can't be hypocritical, right? You can't be like mean girls, mean girls, and then Sutton and Garcelle do the mean girls thing, and they question and you know poke and prod and pick on one person like Kyle or like they did Erica, but all of a sudden that's not mean girls. Like, come on, make it make sense. Get you know, get the the glue sticks out of your ears and like get it together. Um, okay, those are my thoughts of Beverly Hills. But and then I guess the only other update I wanted to discuss was Chris Appleton, Kim Kardashian's hairstylist. I last week or the week before we talked about him filing for divorce. I think it was early last week. We talked about him filing for divorce from actor Lucas Gage and how it was shocking because they've only been married for six months and then we saw that like we just watched their wedding that Kim Kardashian officiated on the Kardashians on Hulu. And the next thing you know it, now they're divorced, right? Okay, interesting, weird. Um, but now it's come out. Now sources have revealed that Lucas actually, I guess this is according to a report, I believe it was in Us Weekly, that Lucas actually cheated on Chris Appleton. And sounds to me like this is Chris Appleton trying to put this narrative out there. I don't know if I believe that Lucas would cheat on Chris Appleton. I believe Chris Appleton may cheat on Lucas, but I don't believe that Lucas is the one that cheated on Chris. And I'm not sure why he filed for divorce, but I just I don't believe this rumor. But that's that's what the reasoning that's been leaked by a source has gone out with. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um are you saying because of Garcelle's race that she can't be questioned or what? Um, I'm not saying that. I think Twitter tries to make that point, but I'm just like, you know, I, I don't like to listen to Twitter anyway. Um, but yeah, so I will be recapping. There's There was no new Southern Charm, so I will be recapping today, later today on the Ringer Reality TV podcast, Real Housewives of Miami. So I'll give my thoughts there on Gertie and and um, Larsa outing her cancer diagnosis. And then we have the whole Marisol versus Adriana versus Alexia. I'll be getting into all of that with Chelsea Stark-Jones on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. We'll be discussing that there. Um, I will be doing my Salt Lake City recap this Wednesday evening on YouTube. My username is Just Plain Zach or just look up Zach Peter on YouTube to follow there. And yeah, thank you guys for joining me today. Happy Tuesday, everybody, everybody in the club. Um, I hope you guys had a wonderful start to your week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead. I will be back on Wednesday and Thursday with all new episodes. First thing in the morning regarding your coffee reading. Did anything come to fruition in terms of predictions? Um... I'm not going to answer that, BTF Phoenix. I'm going to just see how things play out. And then, God, I'm already saying too much. Okay, thank you, guys. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, have a wonderful day. Catch me on the Ring of Reality TV podcast. Uh, follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. Um, keep up with the podcast at No Filter with Zach. And stay tuned. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Happy Tuesday. Um, ciao for now. Bam, 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 bite, 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 bite. Mm. Yeah.